And again, welcome to Celebration Church, all our campuses, as we join together via satellite this morning. And uh, those who are at the uh, correctional facilities as well, God bless all of you guys. Glad that you're able to worship with us at Celebration Church today. And uh, welcome to all our visitors and stuff like that. We are in the middle of our uh, generosity campaign. So let me apologize right away to the visitors because we're going to talk about money. You always hate that, you know, they come visit for the first time and they talk about money. Then later on they say, I was at that church, all they talked about was money. Yeah, today we will. So, but we don't always talk about money. We're part of our generosity. If you guys haven't got your generosity devotional yet, make sure to pick that up. We've been going through that together. It's been great uh, as we've been focusing on the importance of giving in the life of the believer. <clears throat> Reading this morning from Genesis, the 22nd chapter. Verse 1 says, Sometime later God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Well, early the next morning, Abraham got up, he saddled his donkey, he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. <clears throat> when he cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance, and he said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said to to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb? For the burnt offering, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went off together. When they reached a place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its thorns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Now we've been talking about uh, the importance of generosity in the life of the believer. How important it is for us to honor God with our lives and everything that we do and also with the resources, the finances that God blesses us with. And we've been talking about uh, our special gathering we're going to be doing on November 8th. We're having all the campuses join together at one location. We can't fit all in here. So we've rented out the KI Center and we're going to have one great big celebration gathering on November 8th. And, uh, and we're calling it our 135 campaign. One church, three cities, five locations. We're all going to get together and get to see everybody at one time and just have a really great time. Uh, worshiping and celebrating God. And then I threw out this challenge. I said, why don't we, as a challenge to the people, encourage people to bring a one-time special offering uh, that Sunday to help advance the cause of the church. Uh, and we'll use this one, three, five. Challenge people to give either 100 300 or $500. And, uh, and again, based according to your ability. If you happen to be very blessed, some of you could add a zero to any of those numbers. Give a 1000 3000 or $5,000, or if you're really, 
really struggling, you can take a zero away and give 10, 30, or 50 dollars. But let's all get together and do something so that we can advance the cause of the kingdom and focus on the bigger things that God has challenged us to. Because we've got to meet the basic needs of the church or, you know, we can't really do all the things that God has put on our hearts to do. <clears throat> well, I've really been shocked and dismayed, quite frankly, at the number of people who have been howling and weeping and gnashing of teeth. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Seriously, relax a little bit. First of all, no one's going to know what you do. I'm not going to know. And it's called giving. It's not mandatory. If it was mandatory, it would be called taxes. (laughs) How many of you know how fun that is? All right, this is giving. This is an encouragement to give. If we would all give, if people would all step up and everybody do something. Instead of expecting a few to do a great deal. How about we all as a family, everybody steps up and does something. And a hundred, three hundred or five hundred dollars was pretty much the norm for most people. It's something people can do and it won't kill you. Now for those of you who are overwhelmed and dismayed, let me encourage you this morning Have some faith. Trust God. Talk about a sacrifice that's hard to give. God says to Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. Man, if there'd ever been an opportunity for wailing and crying, I can't do it. I can't do it. That's what I would do. That's what I mean. He said, kill my son. I'd be wailing, crying, freaking. I can't do that. But Abraham was a man of faith. In fact, the Bible refers to him as the father of faith. He's the first guy, really at a high level in the Bible, who got it, who understood. And I love is he's taking his son without hesitation up into the mountain. The son says, hey, pops, where's, where's the lamb? Where's the offering? He says, don't worry, God will provide an offering. Actually, specifically a lamb. He gets up there, builds the altar, ties him up, lays him up. He's ready to plunge a knife into him when the angel calls and says, stop. And Abraham looks up and he sees a ram stuck. I can't help but think that he smiled and thought to himself, I knew it. I knew it. God himself will provide. Let's have some faith. This is a great opportunity for you to trust God. Just don't freak and cry and come unglued. For heaven's sakes, whether you add a zero or subtract a zero, everybody should be able to jump in on this deal without the world coming to an end. Maybe I'm idealistic and foolish and live in a castle made of glass and I just don't know what people's real lives are like. But seriously, if there's one thing you should not do as people of faith is freak and cry and panic and I can't do it, I can't just come on, how about... Man, let's trust God for a miracle. Let's trust God for a miracle. Man, it might be 50 bucks. Now let's trust God. Let's see what God does. God himself will provide a sacrifice. How about believing God and praying together and seeing God do something in your life? Stretch a little bit. And to me, this is so little. I'm just, again, just stunned by it all. We read this scripture the other night. In our Wednesday night Bible study in 2 Samuel, verse 23. During the harvest time, three of the 
30 chief men came down to David at the cave of Adullam. While a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. At that time David was in the stronghold and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. The Philistines were uh, taking over that area. And Dave, this is the, David's hometown. This is where he was from, Bethlehem. And David longed for water and said, oh, man, I I wish someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. He just, just breathed this out, just not even without thinking about what he was saying. And I love this response. He says, so the three mighty men heard him and they broke through the Philistine lines and they drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. And carried it back to David. But when David got it, he, he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out on the ground before the Lord. Now, if I'd have been one of the three guys, I'd have been a little ticked. I just, I just risked my butt to get you a drink. And you poured it out on the ground? What is the matter with you? But look what David, he says, he's far be it from me, O Lord, to do this. Is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives? And David would not drink it. Now, David was a man of great character. The Bible refers to David. God says, he was a man after my own heart. He loved David. Now, David messed up, you know, uh, pretty seriously one time in his life and committed adultery and murders. I've really, really lost his way for a while. But when confronted of his sin, he didn't make excuses. He owned it right away. He paid a big price for it too as we've been studying on our Wednesday night Bible studies. But here's a man who took his relationship with God seriously. He's the one who wrote the the book of the Psalms. He loved God. He worshipped God. He was a man uh, involved in the spirit of God. And David had an attitude about himself. He said, I will not offer something to God that that doesn't cost me something. I would never think, it would never dawn on him. To worship God without it costing something. He said, I would would never do that. And people think about this a little bit. These people would come before God and they would offer sacrifices. Do you know why it was called a sacrifice? Well, yeah, Pastor, because the the cow died. No, no. The cow was going to die eventually. He was headed for burger land at one point or the other. Okay? That was the sacrifice was that it cost them money. Now I'm not a farmer. We got any farmers around here? Now, how much does a cow cost? My, my guess is it's a few bucks. And it wasn't their sickest cow that they brought, sickest lamb. They brought the very best that they had, the prize steer. And they would take this thing and they would cut it and burn it up. It was a sacrifice. It cost them something. In fact, people, if you study the Bible, read your Bibles. These people never even considered worship until they had sacrificed. And they go, ah, did you worship God today? Oh yeah, I sang songs, the band was jamming, it was cool, it was hip, it was happening. Yeah, did, did you give anything? No, I forgot my wallet at home. But man, I really praise God. It was a, No, 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 no. You haven't worshipped yet. The giving part of this is part of worshipping God. 
People in the Bible always, when they came before God, they would sing, they would praise, they would do their prayers, but then they would sacrifice. Some, because of their limited resources, would come with a dove or something, but even that cost them something. It was all based on their ability. But they would come and they would worship. And One time, some guy came up to David and said, here man, here's a... You want to worship God? Here's some cows and stuff. Here's some really expensive stuff. These are the best of the land. Here, have them. And David refused. I'm not going to take that. I said, please take it. It's a gift for me. He says, no, I will not worship God with something that doesn't cost me something. Wow, where do you get that today? David knew that this bucket's of water represented the sacrifice and risk of men. Well, you got to hand it to these guys. These are serious butt kickers. I mean, these guys so loved their king that the king just in passing, oh, man, I wish I had a drink of water from Bethlehem. He didn't command anybody. I'm, I'm, he was probably shocked and appalled these guys went and did it. But as soon as he heard him whisper that, they got together and they busted through the Philistine lines, went and got water, and then they had to fight their way back through it to bring him a drink of water. And when David saw it, he was so Struck, he's, I, I, I won't drink this. This, this. this water represents the risk and sacrifice of others. He poured, I, I, I won't have anything to do. I, I have no part. I, it cost me nothing. He wasn't just someone who just freely just took the bucket, didn't care what it cost somebody else. He, just <laughs> he wasn't a bucket sucker. I was preaching Wednesday night, don't be a bucket sucker for crying out loud. I'm amazed at how many people have no problem coming into the kingdom of God and just sitting and just sucking at the bucket. Doesn't cost them anything. There's a if anything, they get mad when the bucket runs dry. Hey, Pastor, I need more. The bucket's dry. Come on, a little service over here. Goodness gracious, people. Let's be the kind of people that, man, I'm not taking this if it doesn't cost me something. You see this incredible facility? The facilities were even... Now, obviously, you guys on the west side, you're just renting that facility and stuff, but eventually we hope to have one over there. But, but I promise you, as you look around and even see all the, the sound equipment there and the, the band and the, the projectors and you guys in point with the, the facility that you've been transforming over there from that simple building to the... It's a beautiful church now. If you ever get a chance to go over to point, go check that out. And to this place. I mean, all this stuff exists not because of fairy and pixie dust. A bunch of fairies didn't come by one day and go, la, 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 la. And all of a sudden, boom, stuff appeared and sound systems appeared and, and projectors appeared and chairs appeared. No. It cost somebody something. That chair that you're sitting in today, that was, that was somebody's vacation. Yeah, they were, they were saving up and planning to take, take a nice vacation that one summer. But you know what? They said, you know what? Instead of the vacation, let's give this money to the church, buy a bunch of chairs. That cost them something. That ceiling over your head, that was, might have been somebody's second home, you know. They were, they'd been saving up for a retirement home. They said, well, you know what, our one home's okay. Let's just sacrifice and give this to the kingdom of God. That keyboard that you see at your campus this morning, that, that was somebody's big screen TV. I like big string TVs. 
Somebody went without a big screen TV and said, you know what? We'll just keep the one TV for a little while longer. That carpet underneath your feet. That's somebody's retirement. They decided to to work an extra couple of years. They were going to retire early, but they said, you know, let's, I, can, I can delay retirement a little bit and we'll give this money into the kingdom of God. All the stuff that your children are enjoying this morning and touching and playing with and hearing the words of God is because it cost somebody something. Let's have an attitude of I, I will not worship God's going to cost me so I'm not going to just grab the bucket and suck on the bucket. I'm not going to be a bucket sucker for crying out loud. Not when it doesn't cost me something. I've, I may not be able to cost me a lot but whatever, something. You know, and I, I just can't help but one of some of the challenges we're having today is because of the way this, I don't want to get into politics and stuff but the way our country is going. We're turning into such a nanny state, you know. The government's taking care of everybody. Government's going to pay for everything. Government's going to... I think we're creating a generation of people who just expect stuff just because. It's an entitlement. I just mind it. Well, that might happen out in government, but it doesn't happen in the kingdom. This is not an entitlement state. God expects everybody to do whatever they can do. But don't do nothing. And man, where do you get a couple of guys like this? Lord, I could use some guys like this. I mean, all the guys got to do is whisper. Man, I wish I had some water from Bethlehem. And these guys don't question anything. They bust their butts to go get the water. You would think, you know, I mean, I, I was so excited at this idea that, that Pastor Rod had come up with over in point about this idea of getting everybody all together and doing this 135 campaign I thought, this is this is great and what a great man if every adult would just step up and do a hundred three hundred or five hundred dollars man we just we'd be able to fulfill the call that god's given to us and this is great and it's throughout that challenge you'd think that it was a simple easy challenge but apparently it's not you know i've been so dismayed hearing some of the responses from some of the people the different campuses here People saying stuff like, well, oh, no, oh, wait a minute. I, this money, it's not for missions. It's just to help the... Well, I was going to give if it was just for missions, but, but I'm not going to give if it's just for the budget of the church. You know, last week I, I mentioned about keeping the lights on. Someone said, well, I, I don't want to pay for the lights. For those of you who are new to planet Earth, let me explain this phrase to you. <laughs> on your way to Venus... Keeping the lights on is a euphemism for helping to keep an organization going. You want to know what some of the lights are around here? It's counseling. People who are hurting. It's divorce care. It's grief share. It's life skills. It's the, the program that goes and visits people in the hospital and those who are bound at home and can't get out. It's the Crown Financial Ministry program that teaches people how to, how to get their finances and orders, our life groups, our interest groups, our fellowship groups, our, our discipleship groups, our prayer groups. It's our missions trips that we take. It's the creative arts and stuff that we do, our music, our choir, our dance teams. We got our audio video crews, our TV production. 
our medical teams, the hosts, the greeters, the security guys that we have around here, our special events like we're doing with our harvest festival thing, the Christmas brunch, the retreats, the car care clinics for single moms. We've got the preschool kids ministry. We've got the king's kids the for the little rugrats running around. We've got the TNT for the kids ages or the grades one through four. We've got the switch for fifth and sixth grade. We have our 180 program. We have our special programs, our Harvest Festival, I just mentioned about our Easter egg hunts, the Fine Arts Festival, the Christmas Musical, our Hispanic Service, our prison ministries, and the TV broadcast that we preach the gospel to people all over central and northeastern Wisconsin. That all is part of keeping the lights on. And yes, it even literally means the lights. This is the mission in the ministry of this church, what we're talking about. People say, I don't want to give to the budget. I want to give something special. This is special. This is what we do. This is who we are. This is what God's called us to do. Apparently, if I don't phrase it just right, people won't give. So now we're looking. Pastor Lathan's encouraging me to get the right phraseology together because he's hearing too from people who are saying, well, I don't understand exactly what he said. What is exactly is it for? And if I don't phrase it apparently just right, people, you know. Good grief. Come on, you guys. What happened to guys like David's men? Man, the guy just casually throws out, man, I wish I had a drink of water from Bethlehem. And they bust their butts. If they'd have been like people today, they'd all got together and they're about to go. And one guy would say, well, where are we going again? We're going to get David some water. Okay. And we're going to bust through the Philistine lines. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No one mentioned anything about Philistines. This was about water I'm in, but not if we've got to kill people. I'm not going to do that. I might get hurt. Another guy goes, oh, we're going to get water? I, th- I thought we were going to go poison water. You know, poison the Philistines. You know, if it's just getting water, I don't want to do that, you know. I was going to give it, but not if you don't say it the right way, Pastor. If you, if you don't say it the right way. Oh, come on, people. And again, I apologize for the visitors. I apologize to all of you. In all the years I've passed, I've been part of this church. I've never one time railed about money. I've taught about money. I've encouraged about money. Today, I'm railing. I guess the music was perfect this morning then. Dun, 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 generosity, dun, 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 dun. It was a confirmation of the Holy Ghost this morning. Was, Mark's going psycho this morning. Change the music. It's it's a hundred dollars. It's a hundred dollars. I got a hundred dollars. I always have a hundred dollars on me. When I travel, I always need money for tips and stuff. It's it's a it's a hundred dollars. Is that what we're doing? Oh, oh, we got, we got, you know, oh, I love my money. I love my, I mean, some of you, it's, it's like you're giving up a baby for adoption. You know, you wouldn't just give your child up to anybody, would you? You'd say, here, here. No, 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 you're a good family, right? Okay, now, now, now how are you going to take care of this? Now, now, are you going to make sure it goes to a good school and stuff? Yeah, because this is, this is my baby. No, 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 you didn't answer the question right. You didn't ask, I'm sorry. 
If you'd have said it right, I'd give it up. This is my money. And, I, and we spiritualize our love of money. We, oh, I'm, just a, I'm just being a good steward. Oh, are you really? Is that what that is? Being so obsessed about, oh, where's it exactly is it going to go, Pastor? Where exactly is it going to go? Good Lord, just keep it. Just keep it. Make a pretty pouch for it and stuff and we'll, we'll stick it in your coffin on your funeral day and we'll send it with you, you know. Good night. Where is the people where you just say, man, let's do this. And everybody's like, yeah, let's go do it. Second Corinthians. Paul writes this to the church there. He says, and now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Now, the Macedonian churches, they were really poor people. They were really poor. He's talking about the special offering that they took. I want you to know about the Macedonian guys. Says, out, of, out of the most severe trial. I mean these guys were going through hell. But out of their overjoying, overflowing joy. And yet their extreme poverty. Now poverty bites. Extreme poverty really bites. And despite the hell they were going through. And the fact that they are in a place of extreme poverty. They welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able. And even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of giving this money. Where are people like that? Pastor, I have no money at all. Please, please, please let me give you some. Please, let me, take it. Where's that attitude? These guys begged and pleaded and Paul said, dudes, you got nothing. And no, no, we want to do it. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. Verse 7, but just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us. Yeah, we love that faith. Yeah, speech. Oh, I really can talk well the knowledge. Oh, I know the Bible. Complete earnestness. Yes, I'm really into it. I love. He says, just like you do that, also see that you excel in this grace of giving. Why? Because if you don't give, you're not worshiping. All that is just part of it. He says, I'm not commanding you. He's like Pastor Mark. I'm always forcing you. But I want... You, I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. These people out of their great poverty scraped and did whatever they could because they wanted in on this. They were raising money for a project in the poorest churches. Begged Paul, please let us give. And he says, and they shocked me with how much money they came up with. I don't know how they did it. It's beyond their ability. I wow. And he says to the Corinthians, man, why, why can't you guys be like that? Here's a misconception. Giving is just for people with money. No, it's not. It's for everybody. Let me close with this final scripture. Fairly familiar verse of scripture. It's in from the gospel. Mark, the chap- 12th chapter... 
Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, he said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their great wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything she had. All she had to live on. It's amazing Jesus didn't rush up and say, oh, don't do that, don't do that, don't give that. That's that's all you have to live on. No, he watched her. She threw in everything she had to live on. He didn't panic. He knew that she would be extremely blessed. That God would be there for her. Because God honors faith. He praised this woman. Giving isn't just if you have money, folks. Extra money you don't know what to do with. It's for everybody. And here's the crazy thing about this. This is not about this special offering. This is supposed to be about just our weekly and monthly giving. When we come to church and we say, if everyone would just give generously as God has blessed them. We wouldn't need a special offering for anything. Let's not stumble over this one simple act. I'm going to invite the ushers at the different campuses to come at this time. (sighs) Paul says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. So that you through his poverty might become rich. See, when we give, we're being the most like God because God gave for us. Jesus sacrificed the riches of heaven to come to this earth. To die on the cross for you and for me. I talked about this last week. I mean, if you think about this, it's rather dramatic. The creator of heaven and earth comes to earth and the first breath of air he takes has the smell of manure in it. Because he was born in a barn. Whoa, talk about a shocker to that system. When you go from the riches of heaven to... (coughs) Whoa! And he did all this, why? Why? For you and for me. He freely let go of everything. So that we could have life. Well where are you at this morning? Have you truly experienced God's grace and mercy in your life? You know Jesus died. And gave everything he could possibly give. And as he was dying, he was crying out, Father, forgive these guys. They don't even realize what they're doing. He was giving at the very end. When he could have been so mad at these people. They treated him brutally and disrespectfully. Mocked him, spit on him. Beat him to the point where you couldn't recognize who he was anymore. And to the very last, he was giving. Father, forgive them. What have you done with this wonderful gift that Jesus has made available for you? Have you rejected it? I don't need it. I'm okay. I don't need it. Or have you realized, you know, I, I need God in my life. And I want to take advantage of this wonderful gift that God has given for me. 
and I'm going to surrender to him. It's not much. It's, it's two little copper coins. But it's all that I have. All I have is me. Are you willing to give yourself to God this morning? I'd like us all to bow our heads in a word of prayer this morning. If you've never truly surrendered your heart to Jesus, we're going to pray a prayer together. I'm going to invite everybody to pray this along with me. And if you will surrender and give your copper coins to God, you can experience his incredible gift of love and mercy and forgiveness in your life. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you love me so much. You went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins. I now surrender my life to you. Amen.